0: And now, story time with Mr. Black. 20 years ago, I drove a cab for a living. It was a cowboy's life, a life for someone who wanted no boss. What I didn't realize was that it was also a ministry. See, I drove the night shift. My cab became kind of like a moving confessional. Passengers climbed in, They sat behind me in total anonymity and told me about their lives. I encountered people whose lives amazed me, uh, ennobled me, uh, made me laugh and made me weep. I had pity and joy. Uh, It was a great reward for me. But none touched me more than a woman I picked up late one August night. I was responding to a call from a small brick fourplex in a quiet part of town. I assumed I was being sent to pick up some party people or someone who had just had a fight with a lover or maybe a a worker heading to an early shift at some factory in the industrial part of town. When I arrived, it was early. It was probably about 2.30 a.m. The building was dark, except for a single light in a ground floor window. Under such circumstances, normally many drivers just Honk once or twice Wait a minute Then drive away But I had seen too many impoverished people Who depended on taxis As their only means of transportation Unless the situation smelled of danger I always went to the door This passenger might be someone Who needs my assistant I reasoned to myself And so I walked to the door And I knocked Just a minute Answered a frail elderly voice I could hear something being dragged across the floor. After a long pause, the door opened. A small woman in her 80s stood before me. She was wearing a print dress and a pillbox hat with a veil pinned on it. Like somebody out of a movie circa 1940. By her side was a small nylon suitcase. The apartment looked as if no one had lived in it for years. All the furniture was covered with sheets There were no clocks on the wall, no knickknacks, no pictures, no utensils on the counter. In the corner was a cardboard box filled with photos and glassware. Would you carry my bag out to the car, she asked. So I took the suitcase to the cab, then returned to assist the woman. She took my arm and we walked slowly toward the curb. She kept thanking me for my kindness. It's nothing, I told her. I just try to treat my pastures the way I would want my mother treated. Oh, you're such a good boy, she said. When we got in the cab, she gave me an address, then asked, Can you drive me through downtown? It's not the shortest way, I answered. Oh, I don't mind, she said. I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to a hospice. I looked in the rearview mirror. Her eyes were glistening. She said, I don't have any family left. The doctor says, I also don't have much time left. I quietly reached over and shut off the meter. What route would you like me to take, I asked. For the next two hours, we drove through the city. She showed me the building where she had once worked as an elevator operator. We drove through the neighborhood where she and her husband had lived when they were newlyweds. She had me pull up in front of her furniture warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she had gone dancing as a girl. Sometimes she'd ask me to slow in front of a particular building or corner and would sit staring into the darkness saying nothing. As the first hint of sun was creasing the horizon, she suddenly said, I'm tired. Let's go now. We drove in silence to the address she had given me. It was a low building, like a small convalescent home with a driveway that passed under a portico. Two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up. They were solicitous and intent, watching her every move. They were, without a doubt, expecting her. I opened the trunk and took the small suitcase to the door. The woman was already seated in a wheelchair. How much do I owe you? She asked, reaching into her purse. Nothing, I said. You have to make a living, she answered. There are other passengers, I responded. Almost without thinking, I bent and gave her a hug. She held on to me tightly. You gave an old woman a little moment of joy, she said. Thank you. I squeezed her hand, then walked in the dim morning light behind me a door shut it was the sound of a closing of a life i didn't pick up any more passengers that shift i drove aimlessly lost in thought lost in feeling lost in fondness for that woman for the rest of the day i could hardly talk what if that woman had gotten another driver, an angry driver, or one who was impatient to end his shift? What if I had refused to take the run or had honked once then driven away? On a quick review, I don't think I've ever done anything more important in my life. You see, we're conditioned to think that our lives revolve around great moments, around ourselves, but great moments often catch us unaware beautifully wrapped in what others may consider a small one and see ladies and gentlemen this is the power of understanding the bible says that we could have entertained angels on high without knowing and when we get so wrapped up in our own purpose our own wants our own needs our own pain our own trauma our own drama we miss people all the time You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.